Is Mike White the answer for the New York Jets after his dominant showing in Week 12 against the Chicago Bears? We talk about that. The Jacksonville Jaguars, big one over the Baltimore Ravens. The Los Angeles Chargers, massive one over the Arizona Cardinals. And more coming up next on this edition of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, so that means you have me, Kevin Ostracker, one of the many NFL experts here on our network. And thank you so much for tuning in to us today, making us your first listen of the air free and available on all podcasting platforms, including over on YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On NFL is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Just pick two to five players. And if they score more or less in their prize pick projection, you come up to 10 times money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 or promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. And we're here taking you through the biggest stories of the day on Sunday is there was a ton of NFL action, a ton of good NFL action at that. We're going to be diving into those biggest stories. First, talking with Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jaguars about Jacksonville's incredible win over the Baltimore Ravens for them as they win on a two-point conversion. They could have tied the game with a kick. They opt to actually go for it, and they win. And the Chargers did the same thing. We'll talk with Daniel Wade of Locked On Chargers in the final segment about how big that win was for Los Angeles. But in the second segment, we'll dive into Mike White and if he is the answer for the New York Jets after they bench Zach Wilson. And now they turn to Mike White and the Jets pick up a huge win over the Chicago Bears. So we'll talk with John Butchko of Locked On Jets about that. But first, we'll talk with Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jaguars coming up now. Well, what a wacky wild game for the Baltimore Ravens and the Jacksonville Jaguars. A 28-27 Jaguars win in just a back and forth. We have weather delays everywhere. Here to talk about it with me, Tony Wiggins, the host over at Locked On Jaguars. And man, this was one of the games of the week. There were a couple in the NFL, but Tony, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they moved to four and seven, pulling out this win over the now seven and four Baltimore Ravens. And this is a game where Doug Peterson trusted his young quarterback late in the game. Trevor Lawrence delivers in the two point conversion when they had a chance to tie the game. Jacksonville converts. I mean, what are the emotions that you're going through right now after watching such a crazy wild game? Well, to, to let you know, uh, six of their seven losses have been just like that. Minus, minus the Christian Kirk circus catch over the middle and the Marvin Jones touchdown in the end zone. That's just, they, they played this way all year. And that's why I keep telling people when they say the Jaguars are still the Jaguars, well, you haven't watched them. Because you saw a team today that does not look like a four-win team. And that's, but to answer your question about him trusting them, one of the other things that people were angry at him for is because these games were so close, they thought he trusted him too much. And they thought he was too aggressive, going for two when he shouldn't have. And I said, no, you don't turn that switch on and off. If you're going to be a franchise quarterback here, here's the whole plate. Go do it. And I'm going to be aggressive. And it was biting him in the butt the whole time. And all of a sudden today, it wasn't the first time he asked him to respond. It wasn't the first time he wanted Trevor to do what he did. And it wasn't the first time he wanted to go for two. They're used to it by now. It just worked. It worked today. And now you see why 
he's been pressing him so hard. Don't pull on, don't, don't give him a, don't put no training wheels on him or none of that stuff. We either going to be it or we're not. And uh, today he was it. And this was an unbelievable effort by that Jacksonville passing offense because on the ground, Jacksonville could not get anything. 1.9 yards per carry for the day. You see Travis Etienne leave the game early. He doesn't end up returning to the contest. So a lot of Jermichael Hasty, some Snoop Connor in there as well. But Tony, let's move over to the defensive side of the ball because this is a Ravens offense that, yes, they did put up 27 points. But the Jacksonville defense for the first three quarters of this game I mean, they did not let the Baltimore offense get anything going. Baltimore didn't score a touchdown to that fourth quarter. What did you see out of them today? They fly around in their physical. I, I do think they've done some things differently. They've gone more to a base 4-3 than they normally do. And I think that's because they really didn't fear the wide receivers of the Ravens. They feared the tight end the most. So even when they, they normally go to a 4-2-5, which they start out in a 3-4, in a and then they go to a 4-2-5, sort of a, a nickel situation today they had a really big nickel in because they used three linebackers in their base set and they, that's not something they had been doing and when they didn't use another linebacker they didn't use the third corner they used the safety Dewey Wingard 42 who made a big play there at the end so the thing is man is they just built this game plan it seems like they had two weeks to do it right because they was on a bye they built the game plan and tailor made it uh, for Baltimore. The guy still had to respond, and I just think they did it. Because Baltimore is one of those teams, man, they ain't a bunch of trickeration. They're just going to line up in front of you and say, let's go. And anybody that does that with Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Jaguars are young, physical, and strong and quick. Now, when you start doing a bunch of stuff that young people don't understand, that's when you can get them. But when you're just going to line up in front of them, no, they're going to give you a game now because they can lift some weights and they can run. And you know what was the most impressive part to me of that defense, Tony? The fact that they held Baltimore to 2 of 5 in the red zone. Baltimore got down to the Jacksonville 10, the Jacksonville 12, and they left a lot of those possessions with field goals. Talk about how important that was. It was extremely important because that would mean that they would have had to speed their process up and start playing uh, the way that they haven't been really successful. They've been more successful when they've passed the ball and been aggressive passing the ball when it wasn't predictable that they had to do it. That's why I tell you they've lost a lot of close games because at the end of games, normally they're in that situation a little bit earlier where they're desperate and they have to throw more than they like to and people start teeing off on them. Today, it just happened to work because guys just said, we ain't losing today. We're not going to lose today. And Trevor Lawrence was on point with his passes, man. He completed some passes that six or seven guys in his league can compete, complete. And uh, it just worked out today. And now I think they're going to use it as a springboard to continue to build confidence for themselves. And look, I'm not going overboard here, but they're four and seven. The Titans are seven and four and they've yet to play them. They got to play them twice. So we'll see what happens down the stretch. And if they can go on a little bit of a run, they look like a team right now. Nobody, it, nobody wants to play them. If you really watch the tape, they've done this all year. They just didn't finish today. They finally finished. And if they figure out how to finish, they're going to be a problem for a lot of people. Right, and you mentioned Tennessee losing today, Houston losing today as well. The Colts still have to play on Monday Night Football. But does this game, does this outcome, Tony, change your outlook on the rest of the season for Jacksonville as a whole? It does because I think what they saw in Trevor Lawrence, when they were going for the two-point conversion, the crowd stood up and was going crazy. I said, you know, I told my wife, even if they don't make it, they're going to give them a standing ovation because they went for it. And they were like, hell no, not today. So my thing is, is, I think moving forward, they now know that they have a quarterback. You don't do that against this type of team 
And this is the third week in a row he's played well. They was down 17-0 to the Raiders, and they came back and won. They played really well in Kansas City, and he played extremely well. And this is the third straight week where he's done this kind of stuff. And today he did it against Lamar Jackson. You don't do that against Baltimore, and it looked like, and, you know, and it's luck. No, it's not luck. This is just who they are. They just have to figure out the, how to keep executing and go play by play and not do dumb stuff. And I think they'll be fine as they get a little bit older and a little bit more talented. Yeah, and the AFC South right now, it's looking a little wide open with the Tennessee loss. And you mentioned Tennessee still having to play Jacksonville twice. Is this a division they can win? Yeah, that's a bonus right now. That That's a bonus. The, the fact that they have a shot at the division. It's just that I just can't get past Trevor Lawrence answered this question that has been permeating over this franchise ever since they picked him and a lot of doubt creeped in. He has answered that question about what he is as a prospect, what he can be as a player, what he can be as a player. And what I believe now is whatever the outcome of this season, the Jaguars fan base can finally say, okay, we do actually have this key piece that everyone keeps talking about. So the bonus part of it is if they get hot and win a division, yeah, man, that's good. But the biggest story to me is the fact that that kid graduated today and he grew up. And that's the biggest thing that I can think of that Jaguar fans are happy about. Even if they hadn't won this game today, they'd be home, riding home in their cars and they'd be saying, it's on. We're ready to grow. Now we're ready to grow. Yeah, monumental game for the Jaguars. Big win snapping Baltimore's four-game winning streak, and that's big for a Jacksonville team, a young Jacksonville team moving forward here. But that's all I have, Tony. Thank you so much for hopping on. If you want to go check out Tony's work, be sure to follow and subscribe to Locked On Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks so much, Tony. The Jaguars are a hungry team. And again, while it might not be their year, they're not out. They're not out of it by any stretch of the imagination. They can still make some noise. And Trevor Lawrence answered a lot, a lot of questions on Sunday about the NFL player that he is and if he can be that franchise quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Coming up in our second segment, we'll be diving into if Mike White is the answer for those New York Jets with John Butchko of Locked On Jets. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton to talk about here on Locked On NFL. But first... This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that I'm sure you're going to love. You can find Block Forever now wherever you get your podcasts. Block Forever is a brand new podcast from former NFL All-Pro Ryan Khalil on Audible. Khalil talks about the conversations and takes those conversations about football to the next level. He gives football fans an insider's look at the game through the eyes of the greatest players and personalities of all time he sits down with star players coaches former pros across the league to get real about what happens on the field and behind the scenes so you have inside locker rooms during team meetings and even back at the team hotel so you'll hear from christian mccaffrey talk about his love hate relationship with fantasy football and even juju smith schuster give his most recent honest opinion on other players and positions in the league so catch the full block forever series available anywhere you get your podcast available everywhere now audible get in the game we're back here, our second segment of Locked On NFL here. Kevin Ostriker, still here with you. Thank you so much again for making us your first listen of the day here on Locked On NFL. Be sure to make your second listen of the day, Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter to the most of the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. But now we're going to talk with John Butchko of Locked On Jets about the now 7-4 Jets still in the thick of things in the AFC East and the AFC playoff picture. And if Mike White is their new answer after benching Zach Wilson, so let's dive into that conversation coming up now. 
Well, the New York Jets win, and they win big over the Chicago Bears in Week 12, 31-10. But it wasn't Zach Wilson at the helm of this offense. It was Mike White, and he delivered. And here to talk about that with me is John Butchko, the host over at Locked On Jets. And, John, I know there was a lot of storylines earlier in the week about Zach Wilson, what he had to say to the media after the New England's loss, and now the Jets moving to Mike White. And this is a performance from him. I mean, he's completed 22-28 passes, 315 yards, three touchdowns, Garrett Wilson – has a phenomenal day. What did you see from Mike White in this one? Well, believe it or not, this is actually not the best game Mike White has played with the Jets. Last year, he played a game on Halloween where he threw for 405 yards against the Cincinnati Bengals, a Bengals team that almost won the Super Bowl last year. And then he kind of regressed after that. What we saw from Mike White is what the Jets need from their quarterbacks this year. This is not a particular a particularly quarterback-dependent team. They have an excellent defense. They have a really solid run game. What they need from their quarterback is just competency. They need a guy who can get through his progressions. They need a guy who can find the open receiver. They need need a guy who can limit the mistakes. They have gotten that from Zach Wilson at times, but not consistently enough. Mike White, it was night and day with him between, between Zach Wilson last week and Mike White this week. Mike White knew where to go with the football. He found the open receivers. You know, the Jets don't need Patrick Mahomes level playmaking. They just need a guy in the pocket who knows where to find, who knows the play call, who understands the concepts, who understands how to get the ball there. And Mike White did that to perfection on this day. And so do you think with this performance, uh, assuming he doesn't necessarily have a game that is just horrendous, he's now locked up that starting job for the Jets moving forward? I think he has for this next week. I think it's a week to week thing. It it may be a little bit more than a week to week thing because this was the best quarterback performance the Jets have gotten all season long. And I, I don't think it's even close. You know, you could look at some of the early Flacco games, but there was a lot of produc- production against prevent defenses when the Jets were way behind in those games. There was a game Zach Wilson led a 10 point comeback in the fourth quarter against Pittsburgh, but he was kind of uneven in that game. Mike White was great in this game from start to finish. So based on that, I, his job may not be on the line next week, but I think. The Jets are going to wait to see how this plays out. By all accounts in the media, the reports have been that the plan is eventually to get Zach Wilson back in there. But it depends on how Mike White plays. If Mike White keeps playing effectively, he's not going to give the job back. Yeah, and it's key for them because the Jets, you're right, they have such a good defense and the run games are really solid for them that if Mike White just goes out there and just does his job, I mean, the Jets can do a really good bit of damage this year. But with Wilson... When would you expect that? Do you think that maybe come early, mid-December, he would get that job back? Because it really just feels like a fluctuating thing where anything can happen at this point. That's exactly what it is. I think if the Jets were being honest, they would tell you they're, they're not sure what's going to happen. I think it's it's very much a, a thing that's going to be up in the air. I don't think the Jets ever envisioned that they'd go to Mike White if Zach Wilson was healthy this season. So you know, we'll see. I am a little skeptical that Zach Wilson is going to come back in and be a vastly different player. He's a guy who, frankly, is very raw as a quarterback right now. I mean, his fundamentals are very inconsistent. You saw that last week against New England. I think the biggest issue is just his mechanics are really kind of out of whack. And that's been the case for two years. I don't think two to three weeks is enough time to fix that. I'm not even sure a full offseason is enough time to fix that, but I really don't think Zach Wilson is going to come back and be a fundamentally different quarterback. The question is whether, you know, the play is falls to a point where you just have to take a shot at it. I, 
I would not be surprised if Mike went, and this is, we're getting ahead of ourselves here because he just threw for 315 yards and three touchdowns. So, you know, he might, if he keeps playing like this, he's going to stay the starting quarterback. But in a world where Mike White maybe falls back to earth when the Jets face a better competition, I think there's a possibility the next guy to come in would be Joe Flacco. And then we'd see what Flacco could do. And then after that, maybe, you know, you get to a point where Flacco struggles, then you say, well, let's see how much further along Zach Wilson is. So I think it's very much in flux. It's very much up in the air. And it really depends on the results of upcoming games. You know, if Mike White had played poorly in this game, I'm not, I think the Jets may have made a change next week. Now there's no chance of that happening. And he played so well in this game that I, again, I think he probably, even if he plays poorly next week, he probably bought himself one bad game that he can get past and keep the starting job. Yes. We just have to wait and see. Right. So if Mike White is the answer, the answer right now would probably be unclear. Yes. That I would think that's a very good way of putting it. Yeah. But for now, John, do you feel like with everything that's gone on with Wilson now being benched by his team, being the second overall pick just a season ago, that he has any long-term future in New York right now? It, you know, it, it it's not clear. Uh, you know, Everybody wants to make it sound like there's no way you could come back from this. But you you and I, Kevin, we've both seen quarterbacks who have been benched, who have come back. Um, it's happened in New York before. It happened with uh, Phil Sims. if you want to go way back. Bill Parcells benched him a number of times, and he won the Super Bowl with the Giants. With Zach Wilson, I, I don't think it's a matter of whether he, he whether you know his career is over. I think it's a matter of whether he can improve enough because as much as we could talk about like the locker room stuff and his comments after the game last week, and look, I think that played a role in the benching. I think that there are issues in the locker room right now with Zach Wilson, and I think that there's frankly a belief that this is just me reading into things. It's nothing I've heard explicitly. I get the feeling just based on what I've heard, based on what I've read, though, that the locker room is kind of behind Mike White right now. So I don't mean to dismiss any of this, but the biggest problem with Zach Wilson is he's just very raw as a, as a quarterback right now. His field vision is very limited. I mean, he struggles to get off his first read. And even when he's making the right reads, his footwork is kind of a mess. And are these things fixable? Well, you know, in theory, anything's fixable, but it's not easy to do. It's not easy to learn how to read a defense from scratch the way Zach Wilson kind of needs to do. And on top of that, it's not easy to fix your footwork when your mechanics are very inconsistent. So I, I think it's a, it's more a question of whether Zach Wilson can improve to the point because more than anything else, the reason he was benched is that he just hasn't developed to the way, the way he should have developed. And, you know, the Jets having a good season so far probably plays into this. If the Jets, you know, are a team, like Chicago right now that, you know, is under 500 near the top of the draft order. Do they make this change? Probably not. I mean, I think you'd probably stick with Zach Wilson, but would your concerns be any less? I don't think they would be. I think it's, I think the reason he was benched in part was that he, you know, the jets are right in the playoff mix right now. So when you're in the playoff mix, you have to try and put the best guy on the field, especially when you're a team that has not made the playoffs since 2010. But the bigger issue right now is Zach Wilson's level of play. He just has not developed. So I don't think the benching is the kind of thing that's going to destroy him mentally. I, I don't think that that's the issue. I think the issue is that it's more tangible. It's just he hasn't played well enough. 
Right. And for a team that has done so well this year, they're a seven and four football team. Now I'm right in the thick of things, honestly, even if they get what Mike White did against Chicago on Sunday, or even a little less, I think that they could make a real run here as the season goes on. But for more on this Jets team, be sure to follow John's work over at the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, John. I appreciate you. Thanks so much. The Jets are talented. They have a very talented ground game. They also have a very talented defense. And if Mike White can provide them with what he did against Chicago, or even, even a little less than that, the Jets could make some noise here coming up as the rest of the season goes on. But coming up here on Lockdown NFL, we're going to be diving into those charges with Daniel Wade of Lockdown Chargers talking about their big win over the Arizona Cardinals. Should be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton to dive into here on Lockdown NFL. But first, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks and another good week of fantasy for me. I'm on a roll here in fantasy and I love fantasy. But if you want a different twist on fantasy, be sure to check out Prize Picks and they have a ton of current entries you can use, also a ton of different games and formats that are super easy to play. And how it works is you pick two to five players, and if they will go score more or less in their prize picks projection, you can up to 10 times money on your entry. There's no competing against other people, so there's U-verse projections available. Price picks offers projection on any sport that you watch, including the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, college basketball, and so much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. You have safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to tonight from play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instance deposit match up to $100 or promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. You deposit $50, prize picks will give you $50. If I get sent a promo code locked on to sign up for an instance deposit match of up to $100. We're back here rounding out Locked on NFL on Monday. Kevin Ostrick, your host, still here with you once again. Thank you for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, follow along in audio form as well. We're going to dive into a conversation with Daniel Wade of Locked on Chargers. We talk about the Chargers' big 25-24 win over the Arizona Cardinals in Week 12 in the same fashion Jacksonville ended up winning their game. Let's talk about that now. Well, the Los Angeles Chargers pick up a big one-point win over the Arizona Cardinals in Week 12. Here, here to break down that game, just what the outlook on this team is, is Daniel Wade, one of the hosts over at Locked On Chargers. And Daniel, big win. You get the two-point conversion aggressiveness by Brandon Staley and company. I mean, what are you kind of going through emotionally, kind of watching this unfold and hoping the Chargers can get it in the end zone and win this game? I mean, I... I, the first thing that came through my mind is you want to be aggressive now. I mean, Brandon Staley has taken a step back in the aggression department in 2022, and he had a chance earlier in the game to go for it around midfield, you know, with the offense kind of cooking and the defense getting cooked, and he didn't do it. And ended up working out for them. They got the ball back. They go down. They go for two there. But, I mean, it's just, of course, right? That's kind of the other thing that goes through your head. When you're watching the Chargers, I mean, these games always end up being decided by something weird, something crazy at the end of the game and for the chargers it you know they lived up to their hype this weekend getting that big win for them i mean it felt like almost a must win for them kevin and it was huge to see the chargers not only do it see brandon Steeler get a little bit of his swag back going for two in that situation making you know a decision that may at the end of the day end up have saved the charger season potentially Right. This is now a six and five football team, which is a lot better than a five and six team. And when you're talking about Justin Herbert, Dan, you have a clean bill here. You have 47 pass attempts, but he has 274 yards, three touchdowns. What did you see out of him in this one? He looked great. I, I mean, he did also, you know, lead the game winning touchdown drive, comeback touchdown drive, game winning two point conversion. I know he's been taking a lot of flack as the social media quarterback has been the thing around him lately. And 
he had a couple of tough throws in that fourth quarter. He should have gotten intercepted at least once in that fourth quarter, and it looked like it was kind of the same thing. Him trying to do too much behind a bad offensive line that got more injured during this game, lost their all-pro center, Corey Lindsley, to a concussion who has been their only rock in the middle of that offensive line, really the only purely positive player that they've had there. They lose him. The offense takes a hit. Justin Herbert's under incredible pressure, but he looks like himself again, and that's the difference. After the rib fracture that he got earlier this season with the cartilage there, he didn't look the same. After the bye week, he's looked a lot more like himself, and it was nice to see him kind of shake off the rest of what had been a couple of really, really rough fourth quarters from him and still come back, and when the Chargers needed him in the biggest moments, he came through. I mean, I thought he was awesome again in this game. He's just looking more like himself, which is what the Chargers fans needed to see. Unfortunately, the rest of the team around him has been, you know, a bigger question mark. Right, and moving over to defense, you have the Chargers giving up 366 yards of total offense, but they do force the two turnovers. How would you kind of assess this performance from the defense? Up and down, as it always is. I mean, it's a hugely flawed defense at this point of the season. You know, until they can get guys like Joey Bosa back, I mean, it's going to have to be that way. It's going to have to be takeaways and things like that because even on the drives they got the takeaways, the ball was getting driven on them. I mean, they didn't force a punt from the Cardinals until about 10 minutes left in the second half. And then the second half, at the end of the game, they get three consecutive three and outs. Like, it just it doesn't make any sense a lot of times with this Chargers defense. James Conner was averaging, you know, 3.7 yards per carry going into this. He ran all over him, ran for a buck 20 against the Chargers defense, averaged like seven yards a carry. So they're a hugely flawed defense. Today, they came through in the big moment. Last week, when Patrick Mahomes got the ball back, no one had a lot of faith, and rightfully so, the Chiefs go down and score the go-ahead touchdown late in that game. This week, they needed to get the ball back for the Chargers offense, who punted the ball back. With just over two minutes to go, they get the three and out they needed. It's a hugely polarizing defense, a terribly tack- or a terrible tackling Chargers defense. That definitely showed up on Sunday. But in this one, they definitely deserve some credit, at least for the end of the game. Those three consecutive three and outs, they obviously don't get the win without that. Yeah, and now for a win like this, you have the trust between coach and quarterback, the epic two-point conversion victory. Does a win like this change your outlook on what this Chargers team can do this season and what your overall outlook was maybe heading into the week? I don't know if it changes what it was going into it, but they definitely saved their season to a certain extent. At least they keep themselves in the running. I mean, they're a flawed team. and They're going to have to, you know, still probably go four and two down the stretch to get to 10 wins to, you know, hopefully lock up a playoff spot as that seventh team in the wild card. But we didn't learn anything new about the Chargers really in this. I mean, I think it definitely gets more buy-in when you have a victory like that. I remember in 2018, The last time they made the playoffs, they had the game against the Chiefs where Mike Williams catches the two-point conversion. They win 29-28 in Arrowhead. And that ended up really kind of making that team believe, okay, we can hang with the best teams in the NFL. The Cardinals aren't that, right? So you can't get that same effect. It's not really like locking up a playoff spot for them or anything. But they have much tougher games on their schedule. They had to have this one. I mean, they still have the Titans and the Dolphins on their schedule. Both of those teams are playing much better than the Chargers right now. And for the Chargers, a lot of this is going to be taking care of business against bad teams. They get the Cardinals this week. They get the Raiders next week, who just came off of a huge win. And that team's fighting hard. There's no more easy games left on the Chargers schedule. They're all going to be hard fought. But they need to win games like this because I don't see them beating the Titans at this point. I don't see them beating the Dolphins. These are the kind of games they're going to have to win if they're going to make a run. As far as their overall outlook, though, I mean, I don't think they're going to make a deep playoff run because of this game or anything like that. They're still a hugely flawed team, and all that showed up. But it keeps them afloat. It keeps this team bought in. It still gives them something to play for at this point of the season, which isn't something to overlook. Right, and you mentioned something there about their ceiling, what they could do in the playoffs. What do you think the ceiling is for them? Let's say they do end up sneaking in the playoffs. What do you think they could do come playoff time? 
It's hard to say right now. I mean, they have a few guys that need to get healthy. I mean, without Joey Bosa, this team isn't doing anything in the playoffs. He tore his groin earlier in the season. He's been gone for about 10 weeks now. We just keep hearing that he's back in the building. He's practicing. But there's just really no other hope for this Chargers defense outside of that, right? Unless you just have a ton of guys that are already in the building just stepping up and playing way out of their mind, right? To get a a decent to, you know, average defense from this team right now. If they get Joey Bosa back, if they can make significant strides defensively and work out some of the kinks they have offensively, you also add in getting someone like Mike Williams back. It's going to be a team you don't want to see in the playoffs because Justin Herbert is still that dude. He showed it again today in the fourth quarter. He came back, led his team to victory. He has weapons like Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer, who's emerging as a star right now. Austin Eckler is always a freak of nature. That dude just always ends up producing. They have the weapons to make things interesting in the playoffs. It's still hard to say, okay, this is a win that's going to you know give them a deep playoff run. But I think they're going to be a tough out if they can get some of those guys back. I mean, I know if I was another AFC team, I would not want to see the Chargers when it comes time for it. Yeah, there are a lot of those AFC teams right now. Things are very bunched up, and I think the yeah. Chargers could definitely make a run as the season goes on. If they pick up some big wins, they could definitely sneak in here as the season goes along. But, Daniel, thanks so much for hopping on. For more on the Chargers, be sure to check out Daniel's work over on the Locked On Chargers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Daniel, thanks so much. The AFC is wide open. There are a ton of teams. It seems like it's going to be running through Kansas City for the time being with the way that they're playing, but anything can happen come January, come February, and if the Chargers can sneak their way into the playoffs, who knows? They could definitely make some noise here. But that's all I have to hear today on Locked on NFL. Thank you so much for tuning in here. When we get back here tomorrow, we're going to have more content with your Tuesday host, so be sure to stay tuned for that, and we will see you right back here tomorrow.